Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It is the Wall Builder Show with David Barton, Tim Barton, and myself, Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach. Honored to serve along these two guys, David Barton. Everybody knows him as America's premier historian. If you haven't read one of his books or watched one of his videos, you're missing out. He brings history to life. And uh, I think in that head of his is more knowledge about the Founding Fathers, not only just quotes of what they said, but how they thought, why they did the things that they did, what they had been studying that would cause them to put in place these these principles that produce the greatest nation in the history of mankind, all, all of the things that you want in a culture. I mean, the most powerful, the, the wealthiest, the most free, the most benevolent nation in the history of mankind, something had to produce that. There had to be a cause for that effect. And of course, David's done an incredible job of bringing those things to life over the years. We're so thankful for him. That's why we call him America's premier historian. And then Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, um, a younger, I almost said better looking version. I don't think that's fair. I don't. I, I, in, anyway, no, Tim is just a, a fantastic teacher. You really, if you haven't had him come speak at your church or in your community, you need to put in a request. It's hard to get him because like David, he does this several hundred times a year. Uh, but if you can get him, I'm telling you, young and old alike, they're going to be blessed. He's just got a gift, and I'm just so thankful he comes to Patriot Academy every summer and 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 speaks to our students and our coaches and military veterans. Uh, we enjoy it every time. And, and speaking of that, we're going to have Tim actually do the next couple of days. Last week, if you were listening last week on, on Thursday and Friday, we had a presentation that Tim did at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference a few weeks ago. And uh, he did another presentation uh, at the end of the conference that is remarkable, and we want to share that with you as well. And so we're going to do that today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. So this is going to be rapid fire, a wealth of information from Tim's live presentation. So buckle up, get out your pen and paper, or if you're listening in the car, don't do that, uh, unless somebody else is driving, of course. But, uh, but, but definitely make mental notes to all of the wealth of information that you're about to learn Let's join Tim Barton at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. I want to start with a couple Bible verses, and then we're going to come back, and I want to give you guys a few more minutes to share. Uh, we, it, it encourages all of us to hear some of what God has spoken to you, what God's doing, how you're motivated. But I want to start with a verse that I, hopefully I think all of us know, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the ultimate battle we are dealing with in culture, is what is truth. Right? And just as Rabbi Lapa talked about, our, our, the big picture battle we are seeing is not just a battle of Islam versus the Jews, right? Or terrorists versus the Jews. It's, it's a battle for civilization and something much more significant. Well, it goes back to Jesus when he said that he was truth. We have never seen a time in American history where truth was maybe more debated than it is right now, right? Because there's never been a time when we were confused in society about what was a boy and what was a girl. This is not confusing, but ultimately it's not a battle just over gender ideology or whether we're sexualizing kids. It's a battle over what's true. And the reason this is significant for us as Christians to engage like never before, what did Jesus say truth did? He said, you would know the truth and the truth will set you free. Truth brings freedom. Just as we were pointing out from George Barna's talk, right? That if, if, if kids knew who God was, they wouldn't have all these mental health issues, right? Not that, it, not that there wouldn't be challenges in their life anymore, but they have a, a solid foundation to build on, truth brings freedom to people. And, and, and there's a reason why you go back to the very beginning of Genesis, right? What was the very first thing that the devil does to trip up humanity? Did God really say it was a challenge on truth, right? Don't, don't believe that. That's not true. This is what's true. It was redefining what truth was 
redefining morality, redefining right and wrong. And this is something that as, as we spend time, I want to start with that foundation, knowing what the big picture battle is, because as we spend so much time with American history, it is very easy to recognize that we, we're changing the narrative on almost everything in culture. And, and when we talk about what's true, we're certainly telling lies about our history. We're not telling the truth anymore. And it reminds me a lot. George Orwell wrote a, wrote a book back in 1950, right? Nobody knew how prophetic this book was going to be when he wrote it. 1984, if you've never read it, mind-boggling, right? The things he was saying the government's going to do and the way they change things and manipulated and coerced. But here's part of what he wrote in that book. Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. What he acknowledged is the government understood if they could control this, they would change everything. Well, notice what he pointed out. Whoever controls the present controls the past. The people in charge of the academic institutions, right, of the curriculum, the people in charge of schools right now, they are controlling the narrative about who America is, about America being fundamentally evil and built on slavery and racism and et cetera, et cetera. Why does that matter? Because, as he pointed out, whoever controls the past controls the future. If you think America was fundamentally evil and terrible and awful, then you are going to want to morally justify, change everything. And if you're told the Constitution is racist, then what should we do, right? If, if, if capitalism, the free market is racist, what should we do? This is why it matters, because your perception of what that was changes the direction of the future you go. There's a reason for the last 60 years, the founding fathers have been villainized. And if you, if you pay attention, think about this. In the 60s and 70s, a leading accusation against the founding fathers is they were sexually immoral individuals. They, they fathered illegitimate children. They had all these affairs. You can come to the 80s and 90s. The leading accusations is that they were secularists. They didn't like God. They were atheists, agnostics, and deists. They wanted a separation of church and state. And then you come to the 2000s up to present. We hear that they're these racist, bigoted slaveholders. For 60 years, they've been villainized. Why? Because the Marxists understood that you can never overthrow the Constitution unless first you can demonize the founding fathers. All right, folks, quick break today. Stay with us. You're listening to The Wall Builder Show. We're sharing a presentation from Tim Barton at the Pro Family Legislators Conference. We'll be right back. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. The Reverend James Caldwell was a famous minister during the American War for Independence. His sermons taught liberty and God's opposition to tyranny. The British hated him and tried to kill him. So for his own protection, he would actually take loaded pistols with him into the pulpit and lay them beside his Bible as he preached. In the 1780 Battle of Springfield, the Americans ran out of wadding for their guns, which was like having no ammunition. Pastor Caldwell ran inside a nearby church and returned with an armload of Watts hymnals, the pages of which would provide the much-needed wadding. He took this great Bible-based hymnal, raised it in the air, and shouted to the troops, Now put Watts into them, boys! This pastor's ingenuity saved the day for the Americans. For more information on Pastor James Caldwell and other colonial patriots, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to The Wall Builder Show. We're listening to Tim Barton teaching at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. We're going to jump right back in. If you can demonize the founding fathers, then you can make the argument that the Constitution is the fruit of the poisonous tree, and therefore, if they were evil, the Constitution's bad, let's get rid of all of it. This is part of what we're seeing happen. This is part of a Marxist ideology, an agenda moving forward 
And so it's also not surprising that when you look at some of the leading texts being used today in university, you know, the AP U.S. history course is largely based off Howard Zinn's book from 1980 called The History of the or People's History of the United States. In this book in 1980, and, and, and also to, to be very clear, this has been one of the most largely discredited history books by historians all over the spectrum where they've acknowledged this is total, like kind of like the 1619 Project, widely discredited by historians, saying this is not accurate history. That's what they did to his. Because he said, let's start with Columbus and let's go through and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. And he named all of the people that we would think were kind of heroic people, people that we, we, we celebrated, we honored on some level in America. And he said they were all evil. They were all terrible. Everything you think you know about them was wrong. All they did were bad things. And, and he taught this notion about how evil and racist and terrible these people were. Well, th this is also what became known as deconstruction, that you have to tear down what is there so you can build something else back in its place. That is still the primary, the primary source being used in AP history courses and public schools to this day. It is still being used in colleges and universities to this day. This is where kids are learning their history and what they're learning is how evil and racist America is, even though historians have identified this is one of the most inaccurate history books there is. But kids don't know that. And they're just believing what they get. And so what happens is we have a generation of Americans who know so little about American history, and yet they think America is fundamentally racist and evil. Every summer, I, I really enjoy these videos. Every summer, uh, there are people that go out and do man-on-the-street interviews. Uh, and I remember growing up, uh, we, we didn't get to watch a lot of this, but every now and then I got to sneak in. And, and, and Jay Leto used to do what was called jaywalking, right? And he would go on the streets and ask people questions, if you remember... And, and the questions were always easy. And I remember the kid thinking, that's so easy. But then I was realistic enough to go, but I, I hope he never asked me a question, right? Because I don't want to be the dumb person on camera who doesn't know this. But then there was Will Witt from Prager University. There's Jesse Waters did Waters World. There's a lot of people that have done these. And just to give you a taste of where American culture is, let me show you an interview from just a couple years ago, around 4th of July time. People are celebrating America, right? They're, we're getting ready for all these parties. This is how those interviews went. What country famously broke away from England to start their own country in the late 1700s? I have no idea, man. I'm, I don't know. What are we celebrating on the 4th of July? Our independence. What a more specific. It's the day that we overtook the South. And it's the day that um, it's our independence. It's, that's why we have the fight. From the South. From the South, exactly. So it was the victor of the Civil War? Yes. Fourth of July? Yes. The Declaration of Independence was signed by who? I don't know. Just name one person. Um, Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> oh, not at the... Oh, uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> no, what year was that declaration? Was it 1964? 1984? 1984? Oh, oh, no. No. 1864? 1860. I don't know. This country, no wonder this country's in trouble. Okay. What country did we declare our independence from? Help me, man. No, just you. You're on your own. California. From. Oh, from? We declared independence from a certain country, which is why we celebrate 4th of July. What country was that? I'm glad, man. 
You're going to be celebrating, though? Yes, yeah. But you don't know what you're celebrating. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay. That's tonight's homework. <laughs> wow. Right? But, but, but this is the reality of America, right? Every 4th of July, the majority of Americans are like, we're going to celebrate America because everybody loves fireworks, right? We love food and, and, and fellowship and hanging out. But the reality is we know so little. And here's what's crazy is as much as, as students are learning how bad America is, every year I have a chance to travel and I get to speak in universities. I get to speak in high schools every summer. We do summer programs. In fact, uh, this next week, I'll be speaking at Stanford University uh, on uh, Thursday night and I will show a picture like this and I travel with $10 Chick-fil-A gift cards and I'll pull out a $10 Chick-fil-A gift card and I'm like, all right, I have a little trivia question, right? And of course, everybody, Chick-fil-A, we're in. I want a $10 Chick-fil-A gift card. And I'm like, if you can name five of the people in this painting... You can have a $10 Chick-fil-A gift card. I had the same gift card for eight years. Okay. I gave, I gave the first gift card away this summer at Patriot Academy. And it was only because when I gave the talk, oh, not just because it was homeschool. No, no, no. It's because I gave the talk and this kid got it. I was like, I'm, I'm so impressed. And he was like, he named a few that I feel like are a little more obscure. Most people wouldn't know. And I was like, how did you know this? He said, I heard you do this talk in my high school a couple of years ago, and I determined if I ever heard you again, I was going to get that gift card. And I was like, okay, I'm proud of you, but that, that I don't know if this really counts, right? But this is the reality. We hear about how bad and evil America is, and we don't even know who Amer like the founding fathers were. We don't know the history of America. And to go even further, right? The idea that we have people that don't know we separated from England, that America, right, becomes her own nation, and King George III, like, we don't know these basic ideas. In fact, if you even look at the Declaration of Independence, we have people that have no idea what the Declaration of Independence is about. None. You ask high school students today, what's the Declaration of Independence? They're like, I, I, I don't know. This should be one of the easiest things to understand ever. Why? Because this was the greatest breakup letter ever written. Quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Wall Builder Show. Hi friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even heroes of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to The Wall Builder Show. We're in the middle of a three-part series with Tim Barton teaching and speaking at the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. Let's jump right back in. We're like, hey, it's not really working out anymore, and it's not us. It's all you. Here's all your problems. Like, this is the greatest, right? This should be super easy to understand, 
and, and we know so little about it today. But if, if you think about it, the declaration, the primary author, there was committee of five, but the primary author was Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was 33 years old when he did this. And I remember as a kid, when my parents were in their 30s, and I was like, they are so old. I mean, I remember as a kid when 30s were old, and then we grew up a little bit, and I'm 41 now. And, and what I realized is, first of all, 33 is not very old. It's a perspective, right? But also, you're not inherently brilliant as a 33-year-old. So for Thomas Jefferson to be able to articulate the political philosophy of this nation in such a profound manner, I mean, this is remarkable. And, and think about it. In the Declaration, in the second paragraph, the phrase, we know the best, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. This used to be a phrase that we would memorize. Right? I mean, most of us remember in school, we, we, like, we memorize this. It's the reason most of us still know it today. Notice the significant details of this. What do they start with? We hold these truths to be self-evident. Because if you study the founding fathers, one of the things that would quickly come to your attention as you study some of their writings and proceedings, they disagreed about a lot. They argued and debated all. The, I mean, imagine, right? If, if all of the, we had 35 different states, if we had to come together and come up with some some unique ideas for a new government. There'd be a lot of debates because, well, that's not going to work in Nebraska. Well, that's not going to work in Iowa. That's not going to work in South Carolina. There'd be some debate. But what's significant is they said there's certain truths we can unify around because we, all of us, we hold these truths, these truths to be self-evident. And the idea that it's self-evident means all of us agree that these are the obvious truths, right? Like these truths really aren't debatable. What are the obvious truths? that we were created equal, that we have inalienable rights that come from our creator, from God, that, that government exists to protect those God-given rights. These are the obvious truths. And yet, we now have public schools in America that are saying that students should not read the Declaration of Independence because it's racist. How? The argument goes because when it says created equal, that's a racist statement. And again, I'm like, how? Right? And they say, well, because the founding fathers owned slaves. And therefore, they were only talking about equality for white people. This is the accusation. This is where I will point out, as people that study history, this is why original documents matter so much. Why? Go back to the original draft of the Declaration. In the original draft of the Declaration of Independence, you actually can find it online. Now, we actually happen to own one of the very first printings of the original draft. It's, it's quite remarkable. Actually, if you guys went to AJE, right? If y'all got to go to that tour, you might have seen it up on the wall. It's amazing. Absolutely incredible, right? But, but as you go through, the first page is where Jefferson lays out his political philosophy. Second paragraph, we hold these truths. That's all on the first page. Second page, he starts listing all the grievances. Third page, he's listing more grievances. Fourth page, he wraps up his political philosophy and... What is worth noting, in the original draft, there were 24 grievances. The last grievance is by far the largest grievance. It took up nearly half of the page. What grievance was so significant that it took up half of the third page? It was a grievance against the slave trade. And let me, let me break it down. Now, by the way, it's, it's enlarged here so you can kind of see it. If you start up here, it says, he has waged cruel war against human nature itself. But I'm going to put the text up. As I put the text up, I would encourage you, you need to, you need to find this online and, and you ought to just read the whole thing. And, and you can find the text online, but I, 
I like being able to read it in Jefferson's handwriting because we can confirm that is literally what he wrote. But here's what it says. It says, he has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating his most sacred rights of life and liberty in the persons of a distant people who never offended him, captivating them and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere or to incur miserable death in their transportation thither. Now, I'm just going to pause because it's very clear we're talking about the slave trade, right? And, and this was a grievance against the king. This is the largest grievance. This is the reason we are separating from the king, right? The biggest grievance we have, according to Jefferson and his own writings, is we are not a fan of this slave trade. We're totally against it. But let's keep going. He says, this piratical warfare, the opprobrium of infidel powers. Let's pause. What is piratical warfare? That's, that's, that's pirates. That's piracy, right? The, the opprobrium of infidel powers. Infidel is a non-believer. Actually, the Bible talks about infidels who are non-Christians, right? Now, Muslims will call infidels non-believers, but, but ultimately, in this context, it is the non-Christians. Who were the non-Christian pirates? The Barbary pirates of North Africa, who are the ones who started the North Atlantic African slave trade? Also pretty significant. Why? Because notice what he says. He says, the appropriate of infidel powers is the warfare of the Christian king of Great Britain. The word Christian now, you see infidel underlined, the word Christian underlined, both those are underlined in the original draft, but the word Christian is the first word in the original draft that is not in cursive. It was printed and underlined. Why? He's drawing your attention to it. All right, folks, one more break today. Stay with us. You're listening to The Wobbler Show. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation, about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity, if you're interested in having a wall builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. Welcome back to The Wobbler Show. We are listening to Tim Barton teaching at the Pro Family Legislators Conference. Let's jump right back in with him. He says this Christian king is doing what the Muslim pirates are doing, and he's claiming to be a Christian. Let's keep going. He says determined to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. The word men in here, it is not only fully capitalized, it is fully capitalized and printed. It is, again, the only thing fully capitalized, now this is the second word that is printed. The only thing fully capitalized in the declaration was the title United States of America at the beginning. And then the word men. When, when Jefferson wrote in the second paragraph that all men were created equal, he actually clarified who was included in that. You know who was included? Everybody. Even the people being enslaved from Africa, they're men too. Why? Because we understood that what makes a man a man is the fact they were created in God's image. 
right? It has nothing to do with, with race, ethnicity, nationality. That's not what it was. Well, the grievance actually keeps going. He said he is prostituted as negative for suppressing every legislative attempt. What does it mean to suppress a legislative attempt? It's where the governor vetoes it, right? That's where the king vetoes it. There were multiple states, 7073, 7074. I can go through several years where there were several states in each of those years that passed laws against the slave trade. And ultimately, even some were going against slavery and the king vetoed all of those laws. Now, to, to give you even a, a better example of this, if you look at Benjamin Franklin in 1773, he wrote a letter to the Reverend Dean Woodward where he laid this out. And then this letter to the Reverend Dean Woodward, he explained a disposition to abolish slavery prevails in North America that many of Pennsylvanians have set their slaves at liberty and that even the Virginia Assembly, and I just appreciate this as thinking of Franklin, a guy from Pennsylvania, when he's like, even Virginia's, like, they're getting on board, right? Like, this is kind of a movement right now. Even the Virginia Assembly have petitioned the king for permission to make a law for preventing the importation of more into that colony. In Pennsylvania, there are, this is 1773. He says, we're already setting our slaves free. This is before the declaration. This movement is already going. He says, we're setting our slaves free in Pennsylvania. Virginia, they're actually trying to stop the slave trade. Now, what happens? He continues the next sentence. This request, however, will probably not be granted as their former laws of that kind have always been repealed. Former laws, always been repealed. This is not the first time they tried it. This is not the first time the king vetoed it. Why does that matter? Because most people, most students, especially today, they're learning nothing of the anti-slavery movement or momentum that was happening that led to the largest grievance in the original draft now that did not make it into the final version. Why? Because in the, the final version of the declaration, John Hancock, who was the president of Congress, said they would only include in the final version what was unanimously agreed to. He said, because if we put things in there where there's disagreement, the king might be able to come in and pull us apart by our own local separate interests. So it has to be unanimous. Our folks out of time for today. Don't forget tomorrow and the next day, You'll get the rest of this presentation from Tim at the Pro Family Legislators Conference, so make sure you tune in then. And if for some reason you missed any of those, you can get them at our website, which has changed, by the way. So you probably noticed the music has changed here on the Wall Builders Show. Also, the website. It's now wallbuilders.show. Yeah, I know. Original. Wallbuilders.show. So check it out there, and you can get archives of the program. You can listen if you missed any over the last few days, and of course, you'll be able to get this entire presentation, but we'll pick up on it tomorrow. Make sure you're listening to The Wall Builder Show. 